Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. We've about 15 minutes or so and we'll if you do this okay, 15 minutes or just maybe a couple more, but we'll try not to do that. We're in Matthew 13. Um, the context of Matthew 13, we've got by now that Jesus is now describing to his disciples what this new kingdom family operates like. And we'll see this today. We'll see this um, right away today. We'll see this in our advanced series. We'll see that the kingdom of God is like. He's using this again as another parable. This is the second parable in Matthew 13, and it's the story of the wheat and the tares. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat and went away. Now, you could read the whole story, but I'm going to pick into the story as we go through it here um, really, really quickly. Um, the idea is that we live in a now and not yet um, world. What we mean when we say that is, Remembrance Sunday is a, a great Sunday to speak on the now and not yet. What, what we mean by that is that sometimes we see God break into the now. We see miracles happen. We see something there's no explanation for. God just works. He turns up and something happens and you can only but say, that is another miracle. That is just the hand of God. And then we bury someone we love away for too early before their time. And we realize that the kingdom is not yet. That there's something still missing, that the kingdom has not consummated fully, yet there's something still to come. And we, so while we see some incredible acts of God, we also experience grief and loss and pain. And uh, so the kingdom had broke in when Jesus arrived on planet Earth. And as I say, we're still waiting for its full consummation when he returns for his own. So today we turn to this second parable and, and Jesus is about to tell us the experience of a true believer, what a true believer will experience in this world. In the first parable, he told us about four different types of soil. You remember two weeks ago, we looked at that. Now we're just going to focus in on the good soil. The, 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 the camera zooms in on soil number four and the rocky soil and the pathway and the thorny soil all fade into insignificance. Now, Jesus zooms the camera into one particular type of soil. And you could picture a beautiful field uh, um, with furrows plowed in straight lines, rich, dark soil, lots of good seed in the ground. Now, what happens to the good soil? The good soil will produce an abundant harvest. That's the truth. It will. But that's only half the story. There's more to be said. And then the second parable in which Jesus focuses, again I say, on the experience of a true believer in the world. Now, seven things really, really quickly, and we'll do it quickly, so don't panic, all right? I want us to look at the owner. The owner, this is really important that we pick this out of the story. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Did you see that? It's his field. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. That's, you don't need an imagination to pick that all up. All right, and the field is the world. So the one who sows the good seed owns the field. It's his field, and we are told that the field is the world in verse 38. So the sower of the good seed is the owner 
of the whole world. Notice that Jesus says, the one who sows the good seed, the owner of the world, is the son of man. Now, Jesus used that of himself 84 times in the gospel. He called himself the son of man 84 times in the gospels, and he always used it in reference to himself. So he says, the whole world is mine. We used to sing it, some of us, maybe years ago, you remember, he's got the whole world in his hands. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. Well, we sang some silly things when we were younger, but that wasn't silly. That was true. That was very true. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. So that's the owner. But then there's an enemy as well, all right? While the men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds into the wheat and went away. So the enemy is the devil. Again, don't need any imagination. I'm picking verses out there. You'll see that's verse 25. And then the explanation is in verse 39. So rather than read the whole thing, I'm, I'm giving you the, the context of this story. The, field, or the enemy is the devil. The owner, Jesus, has an enemy. You can't understand the world without taking into account that there is a, an enemy. And Jesus tells us again here in verse 39 that the enemy is the devil. And if you don't believe in the devil, you need to remember that Jesus believed in the devil. All right? Um, and... and and sometimes we can play them down a little. And I don't want to make everybody fear the enemy, but the power of the enemy is so great and the work of this enemy is so vast that it took God, an incarnation, a cross, and a resurrection to bring his kingdom to a defeat. You need to know that. And although defeated, he is still very active today. We have got an enemy. You need to know that, all right? Um, thirdly, um, want to look at the seed. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Again, really simple to understand. In the parable of the sower we looked at last week, the seed was the word of God that was sowed into the ground. But here the picture changes. The second parable, the seed, it's people and, uh, who are growing where they're planted in the world. And um, just as there are two very different sowers, there are two very different kinds of seed. And the different seeds are very different kinds of people. All right, the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. That is people who live under the rule and reign of God in their lives. And the weeds are the sons of the evil one, daughters, sons and daughters of the evil one. That is people who like the evil one um, sit on the throne of their own lives and allow the enemy to control that. Now notice the destructiveness of the enemy's work. He sows destructive seed in Christ's field. He has no positive object in mind. The, the motivating force of his work is simply to destroy the work of Jesus. John 10.10 10 jumps to mind, doesn't it? That the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. There's no good motive. There is no positive thing. And, and sometimes, if you're like me, do you ever scratch your head and say, why have so many terrible things happened in the history of the world? Why is the uh, why are so many difficult things happening in the church of Jesus Christ? Um, well, here at least is part of the answer, I think. There's a field, and the field is the world. These words are crucial to understand what the parable is about. The parable is not about the church. The parable is about the world, all right? Um, some people say, would, would teach this as, 
as the church to show that there's never such a thing as a pure church until Jesus comes back. And, and that's probably true. Not probably, it is true, this side of heaven. But while there are some applications of this parable for the church, the parable is not about the church. It's quite clearly the field is the world. And this is a picture of the church in the world, not the world in the church. All right? This is a picture of the church in the world. And that poses a question. That poses a question, and the question that the disciples asked was a really good question. Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have weeds? If God is so good, and if Jesus is so mighty, then why is there so much evil in the world? This is the profound question, and it arises in every generation, all right? And where does evil come from? If Jesus triumphed over evil on the cross, then why is the enemy, why is the devil still flourishing today? And people in Jesus' day assumed that when Jesus come, he would ride in on a white horse, he would blow the whistle or his trumpet, and the game would be over. But you see, Jesus came without judgment. Jesus didn't come the first time as a judge. And you pick that up in these two passages. Don't be panicking about all the text on the screen. Um, just a little bit in the bold in the right-hand bottom corner is important for you. The, the, the one on the left-hand side is Luke 4. It's Jesus coming into the temple, lifting the scroll, reading from Isaiah 61, but he stopped short. Actually, if you read Isaiah 61, you'll see that he left out half of the prophecy. And the reason that he left out half of the prophecy was he hadn't come to judge. He had come in grace. He hadn't come with the day of the vengeance of our God. He will come in that way soon, but he didn't come like that the first time. He came in grace. And so here's the thing. Um, Isaiah says, um, the Messiah will proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance. Grace comes with Jesus now. Judgment comes with Jesus later. That's really important. So the big question then is, well, what's going to happen between those two passages, what's going to happen between him coming in grace and him coming in judgment? Well, it's a really good question, and the question is that both things are going to grow. Both things, there's going to be growth. Let them grow together until harvest. This is the words of Jesus. Evil will grow alongside good until Jesus returns. This is the teaching of Jesus. And here's the thing. We as a church need wisdom if we're going to sustain a lifetime of ministry because we need to understand the nature of the world in which we live. This is really, really important. Is this world getting better or is it getting worse? Well, both actually. The world is getting better and it's getting worse at the same time because both are growing together. And so it's getting Gooder and gooder, and it's getting worser and worser. There you go. Not good English, but good preaching. All right? And, and the, the thing about it is, as these two kingdoms grow, I, I think they grow like this. And what happens is they, because they oppose one another, and as they grow, they, something happens that you can't serve two masters, and it kills nominality, if that's a word. You can no longer straddle a fence. And so this is really important. And so the, the, the good seed is producing an abundant harvest and the weeds are growing too. And with every week that passes, they're getting larger and stronger and deeper rooted. Now, this is really important. So um, what's going to happen next? Well, there's going to be a harvest. 
And it says at harvest time, Jesus says, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds, first bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the weed into my barn. We are living in the day of, of God's grace. That's important to know. But the day of judgment has not yet come. And until that day, this is what the kingdom will look like. It will look like a, a good wheat in a field laced with weeds. You're saying, you're all looking at me really strangely, like that's not really good news, but there's good news, all right? It has become popular, especially in the generation that I think we live in today, for people to talk about ushering into the kingdom, where this is a generation that's going to usher us into the kingdom or to set things right in the world. It's important to remember that ushering into the kingdom means pulling up the weeds and breaking up the great power structures of evil in the world. And while I firmly believe with all my heart we need to fight against the injustice of the world, and we need to speak up for those who don't have a voice, we will continue to do so until Jesus returns, by Jesus' words himself. We will continue this fight until he returns, because the work of judgment belongs to Christ. All right? He has not given us that right. That's why the writer Matthew, when he writes in Matthew 7, 1, he said, judge not that you be not judged. Our job is not to, to judge. Our job is to sow good seed. That's our job. We sow good seed, which will, and we, we need to live and grow in this world until he comes and brings about a righteous judgment, which everyone will stand before and give an account to him, and he will. And he will. And that day will come. And when it does, the weeds will be gathered and bound together um, in bundles and destroyed. Now, here's three little applications that I think we could learn from this really quickly as we bring this to a close. Number one, I would say to you, stay engaged. Don't be thinking, oh, there's far too much evil in the world, so what's the point? I'll just go and sit in my house and wait till Jesus returns. You see, the Bible says, the Bible says, let both grow together. Let both grow together. And then we need to practice love. We, where God has rooted you down, um, where you have been sown, stay engaged. Paul would say to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life for what you've been called. Don't be on the agenda of withdrawal from the world. There are no ideal spots in the world. I hear people saying, oh, well, I'm from so-and-so, and it's a really hard area. I think everywhere, I, I don't get that phrase. Everywhere's hard. There's weeds everywhere, all right? So wherever Christ sows his people, Satan sows his weeds, so you need to bloom where you're planted. You need to bloom where you're planted. Augustine put it this way. He said, those who are weeds today may be, may be wheat tomorrow. <laughs> those who are weeds today may be wheat tomorrow. So we have a job to do, and our job is to sow good seed. Our job is to practice love and patience and compassion until harvest time. We can shake our fist at the world um, and the sin that we see in people's lives. We can judge and condemn, but we were never called to do that. We were never called to do that. Our job, we were called to bring love and hope to a lost world to proclaim a better kingdom, a freedom, a better way. Jesus would say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and that's our job. You see, I was thinking about this early this morning, that tolerance is a, a wonderful Christian virtue that is needed where there are deep-seated disagreements. It means showing patience and forbearance towards people you find really difficult and people to whom you will radically disagree um, it doesn't mean passivity now. It doesn't mean that. Um, 
It, it doesn't mean that you give up concern for another person's spiritual condition. Jesus makes it clear that in this world, the wheat needs to grow alongside the weeds until the Son of Man comes. And always remember, the mission of the church is to go into all the world. Go into all the world. And if you want to judge sin, I have a big enough job dealing with my own heart. I have a big enough job dealing with this boy um, to, to start pointing the fingers in any other direction. So this is where it needs to start. Judgment starts in the house of God. So it's not in our power or in our calling to root it out in the world. That is the work of Jesus, and he will do it um, when he comes. And then lastly, the little point I would say is anticipate the harvest. Anticipate the harvest. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. God will harvest the wheat. He will bring his people home. You better believe it. And the righteous will shine like the sun. And so my question, and probably a list of questions this morning is, what bundle are you in? What bundle do you find yourself in? May you be found in the bundle of life with the people of God who submit their lives to King Jesus and stand before their Father in the grace that they find him. Or... or Maybe, maybe we need a fresher understanding of the opposing kingdom of darkness which opposes the kingdom of God and ask those big questions, which king do we serve? What are some of the weeds which surround us in this city? That was our purpose yesterday. That's why we did the, the day of prayer yesterday to try and look at see some of the weeds where God would have us active. What are some of the corporate systemic weeds that we're all maybe a little bit complacent in? How do we navigate the reality of sickness and death and the questions of evil that still carry and still carry the hope of the kingdom in our lives? How do we do that? How do we um, therefore exercise patient endurance in the age we live in? And how do we stay faithful as disciples as these two kingdoms grow? How do we stay faithful? Those are I don't have all the answers to those questions, by the way. They're just questions that I'm asking to you and that I'm asking to me. But our time's gone. I'd love to pray for you this morning. These are incredible stories when you start to unpack them and see the reality of what we're facing and realizing the words of Jesus that we've missed a little bit, that we've maybe confused a little bit, and we can go out and shake our fist against some of these things. But here's the idea. The idea is our job is to sow the seed of the word of God. So Lord, I pray this morning that as we present these words to um, the people today, God, that you would help us to become better citizens of the kingdom, better representatives, people of love and grace and patience, not people of passivity, but people of love, people that are not afraid to go into the world to work amongst the weeds and see them one as wheat. God, that's our call. And so we look to you, Lord. We lay this before you this morning and we ask you to bless on this Remembrance Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk